Sure, you have all heard of Captain Tom Moore, a 99-year-old war veteran, recently beautifully treated and recovered from his conditions for which he received medical care, wanted to say thank you to the National Health Service. He's turning 100 years of age on the 30th of April. And so he decided he'll do a little walk to raise money. Originally, just within his own family, it got out. It went viral. And we have discovered today that he has raised now 25 million pounds just by serving, just by saying thank you, just by doing a little thing, which I think has captured the imagination of people all over the world. It wouldn't surprise me if by the 30th of April, by that time, he wouldn't have brought in 50 million. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, Bobby uh, Ball has, uh, has uh, 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 um, well, I forget the name of the musician now. I get it. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it back later. But a famous musician has done an, a, a um, video, music video with him and other people. And so maybe Captain Tom will be number one next week. And that will all go to the National Health Service. How wonderful that you wouldn't have thought going for a walk in the garden could be a gift. Michael Ball was the name. Thank you very much for the people in the gallery. Michael Ball. Um, I went on to Bobby Ball and all the other balls that I know. But anyway, <laughs> we have Michael Ball was, was doing that. It wouldn't surprise me if he's number one uh, by next week. And uh, you wouldn't have thought that going for a walk in the garden could be a spiritual gift. And you wouldn't have thought that an elderly gentleman just going for a walk on his frame, walking frame, could be, could be considered something spiritual or something just social. And I want to talk to you about unlocking your spiritual gifts and how something which seems to be so natural and so simple can get viral, uh, not just through social media, but that behind that can be the hand of God showing and demonstrating that he cares. And when you demonstrate that you care, don't uh, don't forget that it, it can be God behind you caring. Uh, and this is this is the kind of theme that I've been talking about. We're seeing in many ways uh, quite a bit of social renewal. But I've been bringing to you a series from Romans chapter 12 on spiritual renewal. And I want to read Romans chapter 12, the first couple of verses to get us back into this topic today after a couple of weeks break. Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, I don't know a better time than now, whereby you could discover what is pleasing to God and how you can please God during this coronavirus lockdown. And one of the ways you can do that is to present your body, just as we've been talking about, uh, 
uh, uh, reading about here to say, God, here I am. This is my service to you. You love me. You save me. And I want to be transformed. And so I, I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to renew my mind. And I'm going to find that God's will is perfect and joyful and acceptable. And this is a miracle. The greatest miracle of all is when our will opens up to the will of God and we understand that his will is the best. And, and this is the miracle of what it means to become a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not just the decision that you take with your own mind and your actions are not just the actions of a, of a person naturally thinking, naturally concluding, naturally making a decision. This is the love of God drawing you into his supernatural life. And that supernatural life starts on the inside and works from the inside out. And the Apostle Paul warns us about the outside in approach, which is which is the world wanting to conform us to its image and all the thoughts and feelings that we had. And we thought we were being we were being unique. We were living a life of liberty and freedom. And we then discover that actually we were being conformist. We are conforming to the patterns of the world and the things that we thought were, were, were of no interest to us, like reading the Bible, like um, getting to know God, uh, and like growing in the things in, of God and using the spiritual gifts that he gives us, spiritual gifts, all this spirituality in the name of Jesus Christ, not a pagan spirituality that is commonplace out there, not a spirituality based on false religion and false ideologies and false philosophies. And there is even such a thing as atheist spirituality these days. We put aside all those human spiritualities and connect with God by his Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ and in the person of Jesus Christ. And the way that we saw him before as this kind of God of the forbidden things, the God who, who, who is there as some kind of celestial monster punishing, torturing and finding out what people enjoy and forbidding it and, and bringing people into condemnation and setting them up for failure and rejection. That is not the God of the Bible. If that's your attitude, if that's what you think God is like, that he is this unloving, judgmental monster who is a, the killjoy of things, the party pooper, if that's what you think, you are still letting the outside world uh, and, and those kind of attitudes influence your mind. But when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ and you realize that he is the, he is the living God and he is the God of life and that he is life affirming and God's way is right and God's way is perfect and God's way is acceptable. It's the way to life and the way to joy. When that happens, you are experiencing a renewal of your mind and a transformation of your life. And you are beginning to discover who you really are. What is your unique gift of life? What is that unique blessing that God has called you up to give to the world, to give to your neighbor, to give to your loved ones, to give to the stranger, to give to the enemies, to give to the outcasts, to give to the God haters, the God mockers, to give to the Christ rejectors, to give to everybody unconditionally the love of God based in who you are. I often say that God's greatest gift to us is himself because in christ is everything 
that we'd ever need. God only promises one thing and he promises himself. And that's enough because in him is life and fullness of joy. In him is salvation and healing and deliverance. And there is no loneliness with him because we are constantly in his company. He dwells within us and there is no part of our lives that would ever lack as we live in the fullness and in the goodness of God. And now when we begin to realize that there is a response, a response of joy and gratitude. What can I do? What shall I render unto the Lord for all that he's done for me? And out of the grace of gratitude, we say, here I am, Lord, send me. I present myself to you as a living sacrifice, ready to worship you and serve you. And part of that is discovering who you are and your unique gifts and unique ta talents. And that can work at a natural level. Maybe you are a singer. Maybe you're gifted with mathematics. Maybe you're gifted with analysis. Maybe you are gifted with, with um, music. Maybe you are gifted with sport. Maybe you're gifted at business. Maybe you're gifted at making money. Maybe you're gifted at just making fe people feel good. Maybe you're gifted as, as a listener. Maybe you're gifted in, in, in empathy. All these things, they are the gifts of God. And now, during this coronavirus lockdown, we must unlock those gifts and it's a bit limiting in many ways tonight gordon will be showing you how to break off the limits of of coronavirus lockdown but here's the way of unlocking your spiritual gifts and so the apostle paul talk goes on from saying now you know present your bodies uh, as a living sacrifice to worship god and to serve others and then he goes on in verse three to this passage which is my main passage for today Verse 3, Romans 12, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For just as in one body we have many members, and the members all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith if service in our serving the one who teaches in his teaching the one who exhorts in his exhortation the one who contributes in generosity the one who leads with zeal the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness what a, what a powerful reading and how relevant to us today when we want to unlock our gifts, our spiritual gifts, our abilities to share what we have. How do you unlock it? Well, first thing is you, you recognize that we are members of the same body. And that's the body of Christ. And that is a supernatural dimension. The body of Christ is not just a church club. The body of Christ are people who are connected with one another in the spirit and in the fellowship of God. This is a supernatural body, a supernatural incorporation, incorporated into the body of Christ. And we are together. We are one body. That's why disunity and division and carping and criticizing and any kind of nastiness is and should never be seen amongst Christians and believers in the body of Christ. But also we are members of a wider community. 
I've said before, this coronavirus seems to be reviving a community spirit. Oh, yes, there are the scammers who are using coronavirus scams to, to get money out of people who are vulnerable. Yes, there's that. And yes, uh, there are still some nasty people out there. But what we are seeing is an outpouring of community, an outpouring of, of, of collectiveness, of, of not in, uh, working against individuality, not just me, myself, and my own, and my shadow. No, it is about what we can do to serve others. Some of my non-Christian friends who are jobless at the moment say, what are we going to do? And what are they doing? They're signing up, serving in a voluntary way in their local council and local communities. And we as the members of the body of Christ should be at the forefront of this kind of thing. And so we remember that we are part of a bigger picture, part of a bigger uh, uh, um, part of a bigger body, part of a bigger community. Then also, when we recognize our spiritual gifting, recognize what we have. And you might say, I don't have anything. Well, a little boy brought his lunch to Jesus. A few loaves and a bit of fish, and out of that 5,000 were fed. Don't say you've got nothing. The smallest, kindest act of service can be multiplied by God. And I, I believe what we're seeing with Major Tom is, is not just a, a viral phenomenon, going viral on social media. This is people whose hearts have been touched because of the gift that God has given them of compassion. And now money is coming in from all over the world. And so you just bring what you have. It might be a walking frame up the garden, but God can use it. God can, can bless you. But you, you mustn't do it with any sense of arrogance. One of the great things about Major Tom was his humility, just standard, down-to-earth down down man um, and, and humble. And the Apostle Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. There is nothing more repelling than a beautiful gift set in the socket of arrogance and pride and boasting. No, no, no. Uh, it's like it's like a, a pearl hanging on a pig's ear. It's just how it's inappropriate as a filet mignon cooked and seasoned to perfection, served on a bed of garden manure. Highly inappropriate. We can think of examples of people when they when they exercise their spiritual gift. It might be spectacular. It might be a spectacular gift of prophecy in which words of knowledge, prophets from one side of the globe can speak into other people's lives, telling them what they are having for breakfast. That doesn't impress me, and it shouldn't impress you. And, and, and it's not just about the, about the miraculous element. It's about the character, the spirituality of the person and the humility. Or imagine people who are used by God remarkably in, in gifts of healings and miracles, as if it was their power, of their authority, and they go around preening their own ego like, like some peacock personality rather than humbly uh, uh, recognizing that whatever they have to give to others has only come from God. But there is another way of false humilities is saying, oh, no, 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 I can't do this. I'm, I'm nothing. Well, OK, uh, get over it. You are something if you are saved by Jesus. You are something if God has given you uh, uh, even the tiniest spiritual gift can become greatly used by God. And, and I think it's like the man that Jesus rebuked uh, in the story of the parable of the talents, the, the person who had just one talent. And he 
said, oh, I can't use this. It's nothing. And I, I just don't want to get it wrong. And this kind of false humility will cause you to be rejected. It's nothing but fear and laziness, Jesus says. So those who are arrogantly proud or falsely humble are not those who are assessing their spiritual gift with sober judgment, the right kind of judgment, in which is, which is thinking with a sound mind, thinking with a degree of reality and recognizing, okay, what I have, it may not be as brilliant as other people, but it's what I have, and I, I am going to be happy with it, and I'm going to use it. And, and, and realize this, that whatever you have is unique. In the Bible, there are lots of gift lists recorded in different passages. I can think of one in Ephesians chapter 4, apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and, 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 uh, and, and so on, evangelists. And, and I can think of the gifts of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians 12, where it has speaking in tongues and prophecies and all those things. And think also here of this gift list in, in Romans chapter 12 and other places in the Bible in Corinthians, there are different lists of different gifts. And some Bible scholars are very clever in categorizing or analyzing as if this was some kind of complete gift list. No, I don't think so. There are as many spiritual gifts as there are people who are following Jesus Christ. There are as many spiritual gifts as there are people in whom the Spirit of God dwells because it's the gift of you with your personality, with your experiences, with your abilities. And on top of that comes the supernatural touch of the gift of God, the spiritual gift that God gives, which is the Holy Spirit making your gift special because you are submitting it to Christ, making your gift special because you're doing it in the love of Christ, making your gift special because you're doing it in the name of Christ, making your gift special because you are doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit as unto the Lord. So let's uh, go through some of these gifts that he mentions here. First of all, there's the gift of prophecy. And that is basically saying a word, giving a word to someone else, which is prompted by the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't have to be and probably is best never said. In, Yea, verily, I, the Lord, say unto thee, this is my mouthpiece. Colin Guy is bringing you a miraculous word from me because he's such a special man of Godeth. No, no, no. It doesn't even help. In fact, it hinders when you walk around with, with your puffed up first person prophecies, borrowing words from Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all mashed together with the oaths and curses coming from the book of Revelation and all about what you believe somebody else should repent over because you are too proud and arrogant to bow in your own humility, desire, in your own need to humble yourself before God. Some people use these high sounding words to puff themselves up bring it down come on who are you kidding bring it down but on the other hand when you got somebody who is just seeking fumbling for a word for somebody who is bereaved fumbling for a word and it's not buck up and neither is all things work together for good brother cheer up no a word that is special a word in season a word that comes from god it may not sound very impressive it may not be a very big word which is which is full of poetic prose and elegance and eloquence it might just be a fumbling word but if it's spoken as prompted by god a 
word in season. That can be a prophetic word to encourage somebody today. Get on the phone. Do something on the Zoom today whereby you can speak a word of encouragement. And if it comes from God, it's a prophetic word. And that's so wonderful. Then he talks about serving, which is just anything that you do to help somebody. It, it's so spiritual, but so practical. Everybody can do that. Every kind thing, better than an unkind thing. A word of encouragement. Yes, better than a word of accusation and discrediting. How about an act of kindness, a simple act of kindness? And you know what? The world would be a better place, a far better place if just the Christians who go on about knowing God and having a personal relationship with Jesus, we're just nice to one another and nice to people outside and did a little act of service. And so whatever it is, it's for the next door neighbor. And maybe you, you can't do it physically because you are, you are, you know, in this lockdown, but you can do it online and you can just order that little gift for somebody, something to encourage somebody. It doesn't have to cost a lot and it can mean a lot. Then the gift of teaching. And again, we're, we're, I'm full of Bible training. I think that Bible training is amazing. I think our International Bible Institute of London is second to none. I know I'm biased, but it's second to none. In my view, it's, it's training at the cutting edge and to equip you with the knowledge of this, of this book. And we're going to start a, an online training program for people to rise up as cell leaders. And some of you Gideons down there are hiding your, under the, in the threshing floor underground. The angel is going to come to you and say, stand up, you mighty man of valor. It's it's time for you, Deborah, to rise as a woman in Israel. It's time for some of you as a mother in Israel, as fathers in God, as brothers in Christ, to rise up and start to lead, to lead people to Christ and to lead them deeper in the faith. We want to see our cell ministry multiply throughout the rest of the year. And that will mean Bible training and Bible teaching. But today, I don't just mean that level of things. And it's not, it's not about how much you know. It's about who you know. It's about the knowledge of Jesus that you impart with your silence, with your empathy, with your encouragement, with your word of wisdom, and just a simple answer to a profound and deep question. It's wisdom, and it's about the character of Jesus, the knowledge of Jesus in your life as you transmit and transfer that to others and Christ being reproduced through you, through what you know of him, not just what you know about him, that's important, but what you know of him and you impart that to others. How about that? That's a great teaching ministry. We can all do that, can't we? Unlock your spiritual gift during this lockdown, exhorting. This is the word that means to call near or to call from alongside. And, and when you exhort, you're calling people near to Jesus and you're calling Jesus near to people. This encouragement gift of exhortation, and it's a, it is not come on, bucket, buck up, buck your ideas up. No, it's a connection. It's a connection with somebody, a deep connection with, the, with their soul, soul to soul, spirit to spirit connection. And they are strengthened by your exhortation. It's what Larry Crabb, 
the Christian counselor and Christian psychologist. He's done a whole school of thought of Christian psychology, but he is focusing on the ministry of soul talk. And that's just having a spiritual conversation in which you exhort and encourage one another to invite and invoke the Holy Spirit and to provoke people into spirituality, a spiritual response by your serious conversation contributes he who contributes paul says this is about your giving it is giving and caring enough to share and in your sharing sharing with simplicity and in your sharing sharing with sincerity and in your sharing sharing with a total absence of self-seeking and it's a it's you're not trying to promote your own agenda it's just an ambiguous transparent caring and sharing in an spirit of openness and purity in simplicity of heart contributing to the needs of others this kt food hub is one way of doing it and the cell meet cell leaders we don't see much of this we're reporting it on on hashtag kt uh, church without walls kt without walls but the cell leaders are doing this i've been getting news all the week of how people are g giving distribution of food caring practically so our faith is being put into practice as never before what an opportunity coronavirus is giving us and then it talks about leading the gift of leadership and of course, this means uh, people who are rising to levels of leadership within the body of Christ, spiritual leadership, spiritual authority, spiritual compassion, helping people grow, helping uh, cells to develop, cell groups to develop and to grow, helping plant churches, helping plant new new cells, helping preaching and teaching and taking a prominent position uh, in, in the body of Christ. Of course, it's that. But, you know, there's another meaning to this. It is, it is a word used of those who were administering food aid. <laughs> Did you know that? I was quite surprised to discover that in my research this week. And, and this brings us right to the point of how our spiritual gifts can be so practical. And think of even Eddie, pray for Eddie, because he's going to have a headache now trying to manage this 50 hot meals a day that are going to come from Nando's and, and how we're going to have to administer this and keep that food hot and get it to the, to the appropriate people and, and to get the information about the, the bona fide, genuine people in need. And, and also not just to do this centrally, but do it right across London with a network of churches and cells with a KTLCC. And it's, it's, a, it's going to be a nightmare and there needs to be a gift of leadership. So God bless you, Eddie, as you do this. And this is the kind of leadership that I believe is in mind here. And then summing it all up at the end, it's talking about acts of mercy in prophecy. Do it in proportion to your faith, service according to your serving, teaching in your knowledge of God, in exhorting as you exhort in the spirit, contributing in generosity and giving the lead and giving aid uh, with zeal and doing so acts of mercy with cheerfulness, with joy. It's the same word of God loves a cheerful giver. The Greek word is where we get the word hilarious from. And you know what is so releasing is when we do it with joy and we have an outlet for our compassion and an outlet for blessing and ministering to others. It's far better and more blessed to give than to receive. This is an outbreak of love in the body of Christ. And we see it 
out there in the world as well. It's just as much of Jesus, whether it's done by an atheist or a Pentecostal Christian. Why? Because the one has common grace, but we who have special grace and a real knowledge of Jesus Christ, we want our light to shine more brightly than ever before. As Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is your spiritual gift. It's time to unlock it. And on top of the those natural, simple things that you do, you will find another supernatural dimension coming and you'll begin to say things you wouldn't ordinarily say, know things you wouldn't ordinarily know, be able to do things that you wouldn't ordinarily have natural power and capacity to do it because when you are surrendered to god your life becomes more than who you are in you it becomes everything about who you are in christ himself amen and amen well let's pray right now father i thank you for your word to our hearts today i thank you father for what you're saying to us and i pray that as this word has gone out right across london that you'll bless everybody who is hearing it and that everybody now will respond by giving their gifts unto the lord to start with surrendering their own lives afresh to christ and i say to you my friend if you're watching this now and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, here's how you do it. You simply come before God and you say, God, I believe you that you sent Jesus into this world to be my savior, that he presented himself as a sacrifice on the cross for my sins and took the price that I should have paid for my own sin and disobedience. And now I receive Christ into my life and I trust in him and him alone for my salvation. And Father, I ask you to come into my life through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit today and that I may come and surrender my life before you to be your servant and that I might be a follower of Jesus Christ to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord.